up, everybody? This is Mike here with Brian Weed. Hello. And we are finishing up here our Calvary Distinctives 2.0, maybe last episode. So when we put it out, if people send us back some questions, beweed at ccphilly.org, mfosh at ccphilly.org. If you email us a question and we get enough of them, we will do a little Q&A uh, response at the end. If not, this will be our last episode. Maybe we should have Tom end with some sad music. <laughs> so thanks for listening in. Hope we didn't murder you on the way through this. <laughs> and uh, if you're if you're still here, uh, we hope that you're blessed on this last one. So we are up to chapter 12. The title is Ventures of Faith, last chapter in the book. And Chuck's point is, uh, in this chapter is, is pretty simple. It's that to walk with God will require steps of faith. So on pages 127 and 128, he says this, It's always an exciting thing to give God a chance to work. God wants you to be a part of what he is doing. God doesn't want to stop working, so it's important for us to discover what he wants to do. I have found that the way we discover how God wants to work is to venture out in faith. We need to step out and see what the Lord might do. But as we step out in faith, there has to be a guard against presumption. A lot of people who test the waters to see what God might want to do make a serious mistake by falling back on human effort when God's hand obviously is not in it. Sometimes we can get so committed to something that our reputation seems to be on the line. Then we start pumping extra energy and effort into a program that wasn't of God to begin with. I ventured out many times only to discover God wasn't in it. I think it's great he can admit that. Mm -hmm. What do you do then? You retreat. What gets us into trouble is when we proudly say, we're going to make this thing succeed. We find ourselves spending all of our energy trying to create something that God isn't a part of, and it can just rip you up. When I step out in faith, if it succeeds, I rejoice and say, great, the Lord led me. If it doesn't succeed, I step back and say, I thought it was a good idea, but it sure fell on its nose. So I think that there's there are certain precautions that one must take in any venture of faith. Uh, biblical basis, obviously, Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So... Uh, the the point here is very simple, but we we hope it's a, a true Calvary distinctive that we want to find out what God's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. We want to be a part of it, and we step out to see what He's doing and see where that goes. Yeah, it's it's a practical way Chuck is outlining for finding out and being a part of what God's doing. And uh, sometimes God's doing something with someone else, and you can yeah. get behind it. We we see that all the time. Uh, but like you said, Mike, it's pretty, I don't know, I'm going to say, let me say it a cheesy way. It's pretty cool to be part of a movement where written into the book of distinctives is we should really be stepping out in faith. And if you just look at what each of the chapters sort of encapsulates and go through that, it is it is a lot of great stuff. And here, Chuck didn't want to finish this book without saying that, what if we said it was it was a hallmark of our churches and our fellowships that we're willing to step out and try something and see if the Lord will bless it. And you look at, again, a a guy like Chuck's life, and usually I think what most of us think of is such incredible, we would call them successes. Yeah. But part of what he's saying is, 
I was, it was full of things that didn't succeed as well. Failures in the sense of like, we tried some, it didn't work. The door yeah. was shut. It, he said it fell on its nose. It's helpful to know that they're both there, that what, what, what was, I think, so fruitful about the ministry of Chuck and Calvary Chapel in the last few decades is not that there wasn't failures, it's there was these successes where people stepped out and God met and blessed. Yeah, the, uh, the point is pretty simple. A large part of the chapter is Chuck using examples over and over again. So he begins by using the biblical example of Jonathan and his armor bearer and then willing to kind of step out in faith, literally putting their lives on the line. Then he goes into getting connected with K-Wave Radio and how he ends up with a whole you know radio tower there uh, and everything that happened with the radio versus a TV deal that kind of fell through and he was just cool with it. He didn't press to make it happen or anything. He talks about various properties that they were able to get. He talks about how he talked to Greg about starting the Harvest Crusades and where that kind of went with the idea there. And then he talks about having Saturday concerts, which were awesome for a while, and then really ran out of steam. And he kind of let those kind of roll. He let them die. Yeah. yeah, he let them die. And then he uses the example of King Asa, again, who started out very successfully, but in the end trusts in his own resources and does something that the Lord didn't want him to do. Again, if you if you stand back at the at the you know at this point in the Calvary Chapel story or at the end of Chuck's life, you might say this must have been planned. This must have been expertly planned yeah. and executed. Like these guys, when you yeah. look at the colleges and the radio station and the churches and the church planting, how many churches? Like who came up with this master plan? And then who were the guys who carried it out over the last you know forty years? But when you read the stories, it wasn't like that at all. It was more like, I think it'd be great to have a radio station. Like, let's pray and see what happens. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where, and I've had people say this to me, you sort of say like, well, what if you just did it this way? People, an, a normal reaction is like, that's not going to work. Yeah. Like, that doesn't work. Yeah. And all we're saying is, we're part of a movement of churches where that not only has it worked, it's worked over and over and over again, and often beyond what anyone could have planned. And I I love that flavor of Chuck. It's almost always a like, isn't this crazy that yeah. this thing happened? No. Did he work hard? All the stories are he worked incredibly hard. Did he step out in faith and trust God? Yes, he did. But still, when it happens, he's like, wow, look what the Lord's yeah. done. You know, that classic sort of way he had about talking about these things. And what he's bequeathing to us in our book is, let's keep that going and let's be open to the Lord working that way. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, if you if somebody challenged me and said, taking a step of faith is not a distinctive of Calvary Chapel. Everybody encourages you to take steps of faith. Maybe I would agree. But we hope this is an emphasis of ours. The the second thing is I don't think the second half of everything Chuck said is an emphasis that you hear, which is you might mess up and you shouldn't force something to stay alive. Don't keep if it you going. Do. Don't keep it going. I think that's a unique uh, distinctive of Calvary Chapel, it is built off of, again, our understanding of the Holy Spirit being the one leading the church and building the church, and us trying to get behind what God wants to do as opposed to doing our own thing. And if I find myself in a position where I thought God was doing something and it's not working, I'm not supposed to fight to keep it alive. It's It takes faith to allow something to die, too. So famously, um, one of Chuck's assistant pastors, a guy named Romaine, 
had a little saying where he said, fail, but don't compromise. Yeah, that's great. And I love that. I love that saying because there, there's plenty of times where you can step out as long as you're not compromising. You can allow something to fail. It's okay if it doesn't work out. Yeah, it's sin that's the issue. Yes. It's not that you, in good faith, uh, misread a situation or tried something in it and God didn't necessarily bless it. Yeah. Yes. So the danger is, again, having, and we talked about this a little bit, twofold. One is, I have all the resources to keep this program or thing alive that I want for a while longer. And that was Asa's problem. God wanted him to trust in him and instead he paid off some other people to come help him. The The second danger which he mentions is, again, getting your reputation caught up in these things. Um, and you start, because uh, he says it seems like our reputation's on the line. You start feeling like if this thing fails, then in essence, I fail. I have failed. Like, I'm the guy who always does the thing every year or the thing every... That's what I do. And so, yeah, subtle, but probably a good sort of backdoor exhortation. Don't let your identity or your sense of worth or meaningfulness to the kingdom get wrapped up in something you do, especially if you see that thing starting to dwindle and not have any real spiritual life or bear any real fruit. Yeah, the... You know, he talks about he didn't get the TV deal. Then fine, he doesn't have to fight for it. Or... Again, the Saturday concerts, they're really successful for a while, then they're dying out. Don't you don't have to pump money into production or bigger stuff or, you know, marketing, propaganda. Just you let it go, see what the Lord's doing. I think we mentioned earlier you could be a guy who thinks, you know, I want to go try to start a church or go plant a church somewhere. And if it doesn't work, it's okay to say, All right, maybe I'm an assistant pastor. Mm-hmm. Man, you haven't just because something fails doesn't mean you've compromised. The danger can be, well, I'm going to make this work, or you start blaming everybody else if you didn't do if you didn't do this, or if you would have given me this, or you, and really you're fighting against God, not against other people. And you're no longer stepping out in faith; you're stepping out in the flesh to do something that God's not behind. That's the danger. Or that your church becomes, and you see this all over, your church becomes a collection of things that are only alive because people show up to make them run and there's money enough to keep things going. But it doesn't have the fruitfulness of the spontaneity and the growth of actual spiritual life. Yeah. You know, Brian, you mentioned something too, just by way of application, our day and age, like that this is important that men actually really Specifically need men need this, yeah. Yeah, that... that Part of a hallmark of Calvary Chapels has been church, that that we've been churches of action. Things are happening. Guys are going out. They're buying buildings and rehabbing them in the inner city. They're 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 starting things overseas. There there there's things for men to come and do, and not only building buildings because it's also sure. teaching. And yeah. but but the the action part of it, I think, attracts in a good way. In a, in a biblical way, attracts men because it's how God's made men. And so, and to step out in faith, to step out when something's uncertain, there's an element of, of I don't, we just gotta, we just gotta do it and we gotta see what God's gonna do. That's something, you know, Jonathan and his armor bearer is a classic story. Yeah. There's two men and the one says, let's see if God will give us that, that field and defeat that garrison. And his armor bearer is like, I'm with you. Yeah. Because there was something that answered in the armor bearer to that, to that, 
that spirit in Jonathan, and I think that it will it will lead to uh, healthy churches where men want to be because there's something for them to do and step out in. Yeah. So I think the you know the kind of subsequent um, application at the end then is both personal and public. Personally, are we willing to be led? Again, am am I willing to see what God is doing or what God might be setting up? And am I willing to step into those things? Because there's often a cost. You know, it's a step of faith, and won't, sure. whether personal or financial or your family life. Uh, you know, or it should, could fail. Sure, it could fail. Chuck Russ's denomination. You know, you you put yourself, guys, and I'm thankful to be a part of a movement where guys have, they've left behind pensions and really comfy lifestyles and put themselves in maybe even some dangerous positions, whether in inner cities or overseas places to serve God there and to see what God would do. Am I personally willing to be led? And then secondly, am I willing to allow others to be led? And this is one of the cool things about Chuck, who was very well known for just saying, God's putting that on your heart? Yeah, go try it out. Yep. Where he was in the position to be the type of guy who could shepherd others. Because people would listen to him. Yes, they would do whatever he said. Yeah, some people try to shepherd and nobody wants to listen to him. <laughs> right. Chuck's in the position with the, <laughs> with the money, the finances, the prestige the influence to have people listen to him and he would allow guys to just go you feel like the lord's putting this on your heart go go do it let's see what happens yeah that's what i was saying a freedom a lack of burden and an ability to go where the spirit leads and we may get that wrong sometimes we may think the spirit is leading us in a place or a thing and then we find out he wasn't because his again his life's not there but it's great to have that freedom. And, and then, like you said, Mike, the other side of it is a willingness to have the freedom of being led by God and not not the freedom of doing whatever I want, whatever yeah. my plan is. Yeah, which we see, of course, all, all through the scripture. Paul obviously had his kind of system of going to a big city and allowing it to reach out, but he was shut down heading one area. The Holy Spirit wouldn't allow him in another area. He was redirected at times ends up in prison writing scripture instead. There's, I'm sure we could trace out in the lives of so many of the characters in the scripture something they intended where God redirects them. And it wasn't a sin or a failure on their part, per se, as much as it really was just God's direction. So the person who's really stepping out of faith to please God, God is going to get you there in the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that confidence we want to be something that's distinct about uh, Calvary Chapel in the end. And uh, we're sitting in a position where, where we're blessed because a dude named Joe Foch felt like God called him home to start a Bible study. to start a Bible study in a catering hall in yeah. Philly. Yeah, and Chuck was like, yeah, sure, let me know how it goes. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> and here we are. We're a part of that now and, and blessed because of it. So, uh, you know, we would encourage... Anybody listening in, the Lord has that on your heart. Uh, you could fail. Just don't compromise. Yep. God will take care of you. So thank you guys for listening in. We hope that this was a blessing and encouragement to you. We hope that it will help, particularly for second or third generation individuals, reconnect with the biblical truth behind some of these ideas and methods that we call 
Calvary Chapel. So thank you guys. God bless. See ya. See ya.